The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makerefu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. Today we are going to talk about set apart for a purpose. Set apart for a purpose. But uh, that's the message that the Lord has put on my heart to share with us. Uh, We're going to get our sharing from Acts chapter 13, from verse 1 to 3. Acts chapter 13, from verse 1 to 3. It reads, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they set them away. Hallelujah. Antioch was a launch pad for ministry. Antioch was a birthplace for ministry. The Bible says as they were praying and fasting. Some versions say, as they were worshipping, as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke. Praise the Lord. I pray even us in our services, as we minister to the Lord, as we worship, may the Holy Spirit speak. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, may we be keen to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit said, Now, Set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas, for an assignment that I have for them. Even this church, this great church called Makere Full Gospel Church, is an antioch of sorts. Because from this church, the Lord has separated men and women and has sent them to different parts of the country, to different parts of the world, to preach and minister unto the Lord. Maybe today is your day where the Lord separates you, where the Lord sets you apart, where the Lord appoints you for a certain ministry, for a certain work, for a certain assignment. Praise the Lord. And I also sense there are some assignments that for some reason, one or another, have been lanterned. Maybe God called you, and at some point, you got disappointed maybe in ministry, or you gave up, or the ministry was too heavy, and you said, Ah, Lord, let me first shelve these things. I'll come back later. But in this service, I am praying that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and reappoint you for your assignment. Many people have come from these benches and have gone to minister. Two days ago, I was having a chat with members of African Renewal Ministries. 
They came to see us here in the office, and they said, African Renewal Ministry is the ministry that was birthed by Gaba Community Church and Pastor Peter Kasirivu. They said that they consider Makere Full Gospel Church as their mother church. It's their ascending church. It's their Antioch. And they will never forget that. So many people have come from here. These ministries that you hear in the city have been birthed from Antioch here at Makere Full Gospel Church. My question to you is, are you ready to be assigned? Are you ready to be sent? Are you ready to serve the Lord? The first thing I want us to see here is that the Holy Spirit said, now the work of God requires urgency. The work of ministry requires urgency. It's not a work that you dilly-dally about, postpone, procrastinate, was urgent in the work. He says, now separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work I have sent them to do. And I want to challenge all of us that the work of God requires urgency. If you are going to be a minister of the word, the minister in the house of the Lord, there is need for urgency. Don't procrastinate when the Holy Spirit says, do this. You may find a soul is at stake. Someone may be going to hell because you've refused to heed the call immediately. I want us to see some examples in the Bible of men who heeded the call immediately. We are now going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 4, and verse 18 to 24. Kindly turn with me to Matthew chapter 4 from 18 to 24. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately... I want you to note that what they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. Mending their nets, he called them. And also, immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Praise the Lord. Let's go now to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. Scripture says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him immediately. Praise the name of the Lord. These men were decisive. When Jesus gave them a call, they did not say, let me first debate it. Let me first think about it. Let me first take off some time and pray and fast and wait on you. It is important for us to pray and fast. That's very true. But these men received the call and they responded immediately. Peter, I think, after catching that great fish, that big number of fish, someone would have said, 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I have been waiting for this great catch of fish. Now that you are calling me, I am sorry. Let me first take care of my trade. I will come back to you later, Jesus. But Peter and his brother Andrew immediately, they left and followed Jesus. And I want to give context to this. Because when Peter received the call, and Jesus told him that from today, I'm going to make you a fisher of men, he left his boat. He left his net. He left his trade and followed Jesus. I want to ask you a question. If the Lord asks you today, come and follow me. Come and do my assignment. Would you immediately go? That is a question only you can answer. But immediately. Matthew left the books unbalanced. The accounts, the tax collections and everything, he left them unbalanced and followed Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. And I want you to see something here. Jesus is the one who can get a fisherman and turn him or her into a fisher of men. If you notice in the scripture we read, he says, follow me and I, Jesus, will make you a fisher of men. Praise the name of the Lord. Being a fisherman is equated to our profession. Many of us are professionals at, way, at the places of work. You can be a teacher. A teacher is a profession. You're a professional teacher. You are a professional accountant. You're a professional engineer. But Jesus called these professionals, and I believe Simon was a professional in fishing. He called a professional Simon and said, Simon, follow me. I am giving you a higher assignment. I am giving you an eternal assignment. I'm giving you an assignment that is not only going to bless your family, but an assignment that is going to bless all men. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Praise the Lord. It is very good for us to have those professions. And God gives us that grace to have them. But I believe God wants to use our professions to catch men. To catch men. Praise the Lord. Your profession can be used of the Lord to catch men. And he was a fisherman. But Jesus has the power to transform him into a fisher of men. Being a fisherman is a profession. Being a fisher of men is a calling, is a purpose, is a destiny. Praise the Lord. And the unfortunate thing is that most of us have just settled for our profession and have not gone a notch higher to engage our destiny, to engage our purpose, to engage our calling. And in this service, I am praying that God will stir you up to pursue your destiny in the name of Jesus. If Peter had just remained as a professional fisherman, he would have been like the other fishermen that were in his time. 
we wouldn't be talking about him now. He would probably have caught enough and many fish, sold and gotten a lot of money. But then, what next? We would have forgotten him. But now, when God called him, he was filthy. He was even not sure of himself. You remember when Jesus called him, he said, Go away from me. I am a sinful man. But when Jesus called him, he got him, he polished him, he sanctified him, he made him ready to be a fisher of men. Hallelujah. That's why on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood in one service and 3,000 men and women came to the Lord. Talk about Jesus making a fisherman a fisher of men. My prayer to you is that God will help use your profession to be a fisher of men. And being a fisher of men doesn't mean that you come on the pulpit like we are here. No. Everywhere God has placed you, that is your pulpit. You have the people around you in your office. You have the people around you in your school to minister life to them that you have received in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Being a fisher of men means that I am using my profession as an accountant to mentor other accountants, to mentor other Christian accountants. You are becoming a fisher of men. You've not just used your profession to get money and make your family better, but you're helping someone else to be better. That is fishing men. Praise the name of the Lord. The second point I want us to see here is that God has a work to do. God has a work to do. And he is looking for vessels to use for that purpose. When we read verse 2, the Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a work that God wants to use someone here to do. There is a work. There is an assignment. And when God has an assignment, God rarely works in virtue. Yes, he can. He can send thunder. He can send an earthquake. He can use nature. He can use other means to do his purpose. Usually, God is looking for a human being. He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a man to use for an assignment. Are you the vessel that will say, I am available, Lord, use me? In the days of Isaiah, when God came to Isaiah, Isaiah, the Lord said, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? Isaiah did not hesitate. He said, here I am, send me. I am praying that today someone will say, here I am, send me to parliament. Here I am, send me to the medical field. Here I am, send me to the judiciary. Praise the Lord. We need spirit-filled members, Christians, to occupy those places. Hallelujah. Who will go for the Lord? 
God is looking for a vessel. God is looking for an F.A.T vessel. I was careful not to say fat. But God is looking for a faithful, available, and teachable vessel to use. Praise the Lord. God likes to use fat vessels. If you don't understand me, faithfulness, availability, and teachability. You know God will not use you when you're not available. However anointed you are, if you don't avail yourself, he will not use you. He's wanting someone who is faithful, who is available. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2 and verse 20 to 21, Scripture says, Now in a large house, they are not only vessels and objects of gold and silver, but also vessels and objects of wood, of earthware, and some are for honor, that is noble or good use, and some are for dishonor, ignorable or common use. Therefore, if any man cleanses himself from these things, which are dishonorable, disobedient, and sinful, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Praise the Lord. In a large house, there are many vessels. Just reflect in your own life, what vessel are you in the house of the Lord? For us in our culture, the African culture, I don't know whether they do it in the Western culture, but there are plates, there are cups, there are glasses that we usually keep in those cupboards for visitors. Your children may not use them or may just look at them as decoration, but when visitors come, you are quick to get them and use them to serve your visitors. Am I the only African in the house? <laughs> but those vessels, even when you see children playing on them, eh? Mommy Dorothy, you will tell us whether you'll allow kamikaze to use it to go and do other things. They are set apart. They are prepared for a certain task. Praise the Lord. In the same way, the Lord has noble assignments, noble purposes, and he has vessels he has set apart. Or he is setting apart for that noble purpose, for that honorable purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. My prayer to you is that you are that noble vessel. Cleanse yourself. Prepare yourself. Be ready for the master's use. That when the Holy Spirit speaks, you say, here I am. Send me. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The unfortunate bit in many churches, not only here in Uganda, is that only 20% of the congregation does the work. We are going to watch the finals of the African Cup tonight. But only a few players are going to be on the pitch. The rest are going to be spectators. 
going to be watching, enjoying. Yeah? And those who are not born again, they do all kinds of things. They are staking their plots of land for this final. But God wants us not to just be spectators. To be there cheering and say, Javan is a great worshiper. Javan is worshiping so well. Javan is doing a good job. And then we clap and are happy. But the question is, the church is not a social club. The church is an army of spirit-filled ministers that God wants to use. Praise the name of the Lord. There is a war going on. And God is looking for soldiers to recruit in this army. We are in the end times. We are in the last days. Deception is increasing. The Bible says the love of many is going to grow cold. The Bible says many are going to fall away from the faith. God is looking for soldiers to equip the church. God is looking for soldiers to serve his purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why Paul told Timothy, if you are a soldier of Christ, don't entangle yourself in civilian affairs. Seek to please your master. Praise the name of the Lord. Seek to please your master. Let me come to my concluding point. The last thing I want us to see, the Bible says, as we read from uh, Acts chapter 13, we read of how God commissioned them to do the work of God. I want to share one or two points of how you can discover your calling in God. How do I discover my purpose? How can I discover my assignment? How can I do the will and the purpose of the Lord? The first thing I want us to see, let's go to our next slide. The first thing I want us to see is that usually a calling arises out of a burden. Usually, not all the time, but usually a calling arises out of a burden. And I want to demonstrate this from the example of Moses. Moses was raised as a prince in Egypt. In fact, if you have watched the Ten Commandments, it's not very accurate, but it has some historical background. If you have watched it, they were raising him to become the next Pharaoh. God had favored Moses. Moses was excellent as a general. Moses was excellent as an orator. Moses was excellent as a leader. So he's in Egypt, he's being raised, he's being trained, he's being mentored to become maybe the next pharaoh in Egypt. So one day, he goes to check on his brothers. Then he finds an Egyptian beating an Israelite or Hebrew. And it, it burdened his heart. The Bible says he looked here, he looked there. When he saw no one was seeing him, he caught the Egyptian and killed him and hid him in the sand. You see the burden? Follow with me. He had a burden. He saw the children of Israel being taunted, being harassed. He saw them being put in slavery and it burdened him. So in his own strength, Moses stepped up and said, let me try to defend these Israelites. He killed the Egyptian. Another time, Moses comes. Now he finds two Hebrews fighting. 
quarreling. He said, but you guys are brethren. Why are you fighting? One of them tells him, who made you judge over us? Do you want to kill me like you did the Egyptian? When Moses realized that they had known what he had done, he fled to Midian. But I want to see there was a burden in the heart of Moses. He saw a situation and he wanted to do something about it. Even though his time had not yet come, but there was a burden. There was something bothering him and he wanted to do something about it. I don't know whether you feel a burden where you are. <laughs> whether there's a burden on you. For me, when I go through these roads like Sir Apollo, there's a burden. You feel bad. You feel, you know, your, your kapei is being cut, the kataxes, the kataxes are cut, and yet the roads are making your cars even go to the garage more often. It's a burden. And I'm praying that someone here can catch a righteous anger and say, let me go to parliament and change these things. I'm the one. <laughs> if the Lord has called you, and some of us, it is, it, is, it is the judiciary. You see gross injustice. Someone who is so innocent. I was seeing the news last time where there was, someone was in prison over six years for a charge they never committed. Others have been in prison for a longer time. Some are on life imprisonment for a charge they've never committed. And here in Uganda, Someone has money, they can make your life miserable. They can go and give money to the judges, to the police, and they make your life miserable. But is there someone with a burden and say, this is a burden I want to carry. Go and make a change in those institutions. Praise the name of the Lord. One time Eric said to me, I was on the Ask the Pastor program, I was the one interviewing him, and he said, the school they started in Olea, in Chira, is it? Buate. It rose out of a burden. When he took his children to some of these schools and saw what they were teaching them and the things they were telling them to believe, a burden arose in him. And he said, Lord, help me start a school with Christian principles that is going to teach children of God. Out of a burden. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know what bothers you. I don't know what burdens you. I don't know what God has put on your heart as a burden. Could be that could be a calling. That could be a ministry. Hallelujah. Our very own mama, Mama Rubina Lubama, also loves children. And the burden for children is on her heart. And so ministries arose out of that burden. Ambassadors of hope, schools, Shama, Alpha and Omega, and all these beautiful schools out of a burden. Maybe God is putting that burden on you to give you a direction to go and do a purpose of God in your life. Praise the Lord. So going back to Moses, a burden arose in him. He tried to work it out in his own strength. The time was not right. When he went to Midian, to Jethro, and one day Moses was taking care of the sheep and the goats and whatever, 
and he met with the Lord. And that was a point of his assignment. It was a point of his commission. Let's read Exodus chapter 4 from verse 1 to 5, and we shall conclude with this. Exodus chapter 4 from verse 1 to 5. The Bible says, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Verse 2. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. Some versions say, A staff. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Praise the Lord. Moses got an encounter with the Lord, and God commissioned him. But God, like I told you at the beginning, he does not usually work in virtue. He's looking for something to work through. He's looking for something to work in. Praise the Lord. And so he asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses said, it's tough. Cast it on the ground. He cast it and it became a snake. You see, all along, Moses did not know that what he had in his hand was a destiny changer. <laughs> that rod that Moses had in his hand was something ordinary, normal stick from the forest. But through that stick, God performed wonders. God used that stick to bring Egypt to their knees. God uses ordinary vessels to do extraordinary things. He uses ordinary men to do extraordinary things. The, the secret is in partnering with him. If God comes into that substance, into that heart, into that vessel, he transforms it and uses it for things that you never thought he would ever use it for. Moses also got afraid of what he had. All along he had the stick, but now he's fearing it. He's running away from it. Why? Because that stick had encountered with a supernatural power. What is going to make us different as Christians in the workplace is not just excellence of skill. It's going to be excellence of skill with the anointing of the Lord on our lives. That will make you extraordinary. It will set you apart. Like Daniel in the Bible. He was an excellent administrator. But the prayer, the consecration, the dedication to prayer and seeking the Lord made Daniel an extraordinary human being. Praise the Lord. David got very ordinary stones, five of them. Pastor, I think, told us he got five, he used one, meaning that the five had another battle to do. <laughs> but one ordinary stone 
became a guided missile in the head of Goliath. God infusing in ordinary things to make them extraordinary. Praise the Lord. My question to you is, what is that in your hand? What gift do you have? What passion do you have? Some people have used their passion and they have done extraordinary things. Some of us know a young man called Messi. For me, I believe Messi is better than Ronaldo. Uh -uh, it's my conviction. <laughs> Ronaldo works too hard. He's masicular. He invests. Hey, I was seeing what Ronaldo invests in his body. Ay, 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 ay. That's a lot of money to keep fit, to keep in shape. But Messi eh, somehow a natural. His left foot there has been insured for over 190 million USA dollars. That left foot. Why? Because it does wonders on the feet, on the field. What is your passion? What's your talent? Maybe avail it to God. Let him use it. Praise the name of the Lord. Today refuse to be part of the 80%. Come and be part of the people of God who serve the Lord. Amen? I want for a moment, look at the doors. Look at the doors of the church. Every door you see there is no usher. It's a virtue. Asking who will go for me? Who will serve me on that door? There's a gap. Actually, all the doors, there's only one person here. There's a gap. Go to Sunday school, there are gaps. Every ministry has gaps. My question to you is, will you arise and serve the Lord? Will you use what you have? It can be your time. Will you use your time to serve the Lord? Praise the Lord. Everything we do, Pastor reminded us yesterday, it is what we do for the kingdom of God at the end that will matter. What you do here will be nice. People will clap. People will eat good food. But if it does not have a kingdom attachment, a kingdom inclination, that thing will stop here. It is what you do for the Lord that will count in the end. Praise the Lord. I want to urge you, I want to challenge you. Arise and serve the Lord. Arise and use your gifts to serve the Lord. And some of us, our gifts have gone rusty. I shared a testimony here some time back. I was at, I was at St. Henry's College in my A-level, and I used to play football. Michael knows I, I, I play some football. <laughs> On St. Henry's Day, all the Simon Peters in the, in the school would play against the Henrys in that school. I remember in that football match, I scored five goals, one person, five goals. I was on form. I was on form, my friend. But today put me in the field. <laughs> 15 minutes, I'll be panting. But then I was on form. What am I saying? A gift can rust. A gift can go off form if you don't use it. If you don't keep practicing. If you don't deploy it. So arise and use your gift serve the Lord. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with His might and fortified by the Word of God. 
Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.